So welcome to the Project Fit podcast with my guest this week, Rich. Was it Richard Angel? So what would you prefer, Richard or Richard? Or Rich? Um, that's a good question, actually. Uh, maybe just uh, Rich is fine. Uh, yeah. But I could go by either Rich or Richard. Okay. Never like Dicky or Dick. <laughs> I, won't, I won't ever call you that. Don't worry. Unless you're annoyed at me, of course. So yeah, just tell me a little bit about your background and why you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So really, I guess the best place to start is when I went to university, which was about 100 years ago. Um, I went to uni and one of my mates decided to sign me up to the gym because we needed to chase girls. So I had back then a lot of uh, body confidence issues because I'm, you know, I've got a really, really thin frame. Like, yeah. you, know, you can call it the classic ectomorph yeah. Um, body type if you want to go down that route but yeah I always struggled to kind of um, put weight on and, and look like confident in the mirror yeah. so I joined the gym did that for three years saw some you know fairly okay results nothing like amazing you know I have very 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 average genetics um, and after I finished uni I went straight into the corporate world because I went to uni studied media studies and then of course you use your media studies degree to get a job in insurance right so <laughs> Basically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea what I wanted to do, so it was the first thing that I, I found. That came to your mind. Um, yeah, so went into that, um, quickly found that working nine to five can zap you of a lot of things, including your energy levels and your motivation to want to train. Mm-hmm. At the same time, also, at the time, I had a girlfriend, so that, coupled with the job, really, really put my body and health into like a really negative spiral. So not only was I like really skinny, but I was also starting to gain weight. So I was like almost skinny fat. Yep. And you know, at the time I'd rather have been one or the other. I'd rather have been either just started off overweight so I can work towards getting like a, a lean physique or just being skinny and having to work my way up. But I had this like gut with no muscles. So I had all sorts of body confidence issues. Um, had loads of like IBS symptoms, so a lot of bloating, gas, flatulence, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So not only that, but the food side of things was starting to get in my way as well. So I had to basically strip my diet back from scratch and start to learn what foods were I'm st- I was struggling with and what foods were going to fit in my diet and what foods, you know, perhaps I needed to let go of. Yep. So, you know, from the time this was back in like 2012 to 2014, I was playing around with different diets. So I've tried pretty much all of them. I tried like gluten-free, dairy-free, um, carb-backloading, intermittent <laughs> fasting. <laughs> Never gone as far as veganism or the ketogenic diet, but I have gone really low-carb at one stage, mm-hmm. um, trying to up my dietary fat levels. Um, and I just I found that none of these were really enjoyable working. I would always go through, like, do it for, like, two months and then just come back off of it because it was unsustainable. Yep. So I finally found the thing that works for me, which is more of the the flexible dieting route where you're just allowing yourself those foods to, you can bring back into your diet and you don't feel too um, restrictive of what you're eating. Yeah. Like, yeah. like for example, like this weekend I was away at a wedding and yeah. I, did, I never felt like I had to like be on point with my diet. You know, I understood that I had these few days where I was going to be away from perhaps optimization of, of nutrition. But yeah. now that I'm back, I can go straight back into it and I don't have to feel like I've let myself down. Yep. So I found that worked best for me. Uh, about 2016, I got into the health and fitness industry uh, because insurance was boring for me. Um, so went into there, became a personal trainer, um, and I just, you know, 
try to find what what I was enjoying. And I think for me, the, the things I enjoy most in, in this industry is helping people optimize their, their diet, mm-hmm. improve their energy levels and make them feel confident in the mirror. Yeah. So that all was packaged into to weight loss. Um, and really, I help women do this. Um, I have helped like guys in the past, but I seem to resonate the most with the kind of the the, the feminine energy, I suppose, is the way of putting it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment, just trying to help women as best I can and um, try and drive down this obesity epidemic because, you know, I think there's so much misinformation and disinformation out there that people are just becoming so confused. And I don't blame them. I really don't. I mean, I was lucky because I went through a really decent um, nutrition qualification and I've had some really good coaches in the past myself. So, you know, I need to instill that back to people so they can just feel a little bit better in themselves. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's an exciting journey. And, you know, I hope to make a difference um, for people out there. Cool. So you run the Strong and Lean Academy. Um, I do. Yeah, you're, you're the boss. You're the boss man. And as you said, it's principally women that you coach. What kind of age range and what kind of backgrounds do they come from? Yeah, so typically, I'd say it's anything from... I mean, I've, I've coached, you know, the, the early thirties all the way to the, the early sixties, yeah. but it seems to be at the moment for most people, it seems to be the, the, the fifties to the sixties okay. people that have really typically, and I'll be honest with you. I think 90% of the people that inquire or come to me mm-hmm. have come from a slimming, uh, like a slimming club background. Um, and they've always gone there. They've always, you know, had really, really good results. But then three years later, the three stone they lost, they've just put back on immediately. Yep. And really my job then becomes let's completely unwind everything that we've taught you that they've taught you or that you've learned let's break it down and make it as simple as possible um and start to just understand the basics of nutrition mindset lifestyle uh, and training and yeah i think sometimes i don't know like they they go through this journey but uh, it's like I wish you'd just come to me like <laughs> straight away rather than me have to then like completely unwind everything you learned about tracking progress, um, the fluctuations of weight gain, uh, slash, you know, weight loss and how it, you know, it, it's not this continuous journey. It's, it's, it's an up and down thing. Um, as long as it's kind of trajectories going down, then, then that's the important thing. But yeah, just trying to essentially brainwash them. Okay. And so you, you mentioned that you tried quite a few of the kind of fad, diets what do you think are the biggest challenges with people doing these fad diets you know for the average joe or mm-hmm. joette as it were <laughs> joe's a thing we coach women generally predominantly so what do you think are the biggest challenges for people right now the biggest challenge is how do they feel when they've, they've done it and then they've they go back to the way they were before yep that for me is the the biggest challenge for people because i couldn't imagine going through all that effort all that restriction, all that rigidity, um, for them to get to X weight or you know Y dress size, and then have to lose it all because they haven't instilled new habits. Yep. So, I think the biggest challenge is trying to explain to them, or you know at least come across that the best way to change mm. is to change. You know, it's like yeah. changing your environment, change who you are as a person, and rather than taking something and then just like almost borrowing it for 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 
X amount of weeks or months. Like a plaster almost. It's almost like, oh, let me put a little Band-Aid on it to, for this six weeks before my holiday. And then I'll rip the Band-Aid off again after my holiday. And yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%, yeah. And why not just... I mean, holidays are an interesting one. I, you know, it depends on how much you have to lose, right? So if you're, you know, if you're going on holiday and you think to yourself, I've been dieting for a long time now, like nine months, maybe I could have a week off and there's nothing wrong with that. People mm. build, them up, build themselves up so much for like holidays. It's like, I need to look like this, but it's like, just enjoy it. And then what's the rush? <laughs> yeah. But what do you think about it? It, it, it seems like society has these um, ingrained cultural rules about when you need to be in shape right so you need to be in shape for a wedding you need to be in shape for um some birthdays and then you need to be in shape for a holiday like it seems like we only get in shape for those things oh and christmas the christmas party gotta be in shape for the christmas party um what I, do you feel that like that kind of drives the wrong behaviors in people I I think it's it's almost a natural thing, isn't it, for humans to to want to, I mean, at these social events to be the, you know, the the best at show or whatever. Um, you know, do I think it's an unnatural or a almost damaging thing? Yeah, I do. I I do kind of feel that. Um, you know, could you stretch those those periods of time out and maybe just make it for the the whole year? Yes, I do. Um, and I think that. Sometimes I think people put too much pressure on themselves when they're going into these periods of time. Um, you know, especially like I think weddings is, you know, got the classic bridezilla mentality. Of, <laughs> yeah. I've got to like, you know, be it, you know, make the, make the weight, I suppose, is the best way of putting it, or, you know, make the, make sure that my dress is actually fitting. And it's like, yeah. okay, so when did you, you know, when did you start your journey? When did you, you know, wanted to, to lose weight? And it's like, well, I started, you know, I'm getting married in eight weeks. I started weeks ago. And it's like, why don't you start? 19 months ago yeah and just almost instill these habits and you know you're not having to worry too much about eating celery and only celery for the next eight weeks of your life <laughs> that sounds like hell eating celery for i mean it's the worst food it really is like it's i'd rather just eat ice cream and do it like that because you can yeah. still take, lose weight on ice cream really no yes true yeah <laughs> who would have thought it yeah but See, as you know, I have a character, a fictional character, but I think she's very real, called Shelley from down the road. Um, and I think that, I think people's friends, like, why, why do people go to their friends for nutrition advice rather than a professional? Um, you know, I wouldn't go, and, well, actually, you can see I cut my hair. Um, I made a mistake. I should have gone to professional. I shouldn't have tried to do it myself. But when it comes to fitness and fat loss and stuff why do you think people listen to their mates more than they would a professional because it's easier okay this is much much easier um because they've got this almost trust with them i feel um and sometimes there's like a, a barrier i feel like when they're trying to reach out to someone that's perhaps professional um but you know this day and age and i get this all the time with with like facebook and, and instagram there's like professionals that for me like they're, they're they're trying to i get this a lot trying to sell like the shakes the pills everything and they're reaching out to me and you know i look, I have a look on their profile and like for me i'm by no means like this ridiculously shredded model but you've got to walk the talk right you've got to like 
got to do some training or something, right? Yeah. Exactly. You've got to like at least, you know, at least tr- sort of show that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But when someone's peddling all these pills and they, they look really unhealthy and they look like they need to, you know, almost do some work themselves. Mm. I kind of feel like there's the new, the new professional is this, you know, like you say, the, is it the Shelley down the road? Shelley down the road. Yeah. Down the road, yeah. Um, and people look for quick wins, don't they? Hmm. So if, if Shelley down the road saying to me, we'll say, you know, take this pill, it's going to solve all your problems. It's like, well, that's really easy. Yeah. You don't have to do any training or anything. And it just becomes this, it just, it's just an easy barrier, easy barrier to entry. So, but, but what's interesting. So, you know, you know, I've got a son and I'm always saying to him, Hey son, you've got to do the work to get the result you want. But it's just interesting how adults will say to a child, Hey, look, son, you got to do the work. Yeah, you got to be patient, do the work. But then, on the other hand, we were running up for these quick fixes. Um, yeah, a bit of a uh, yes. Myth. It's all the millennials. That's the problem. It's us millennials that's the issue. We're all entitled. <laughs> it's true though, because you can get your because you know back in the day you used to get your food. I'd have to go down the road and meet my mum at B Jams. I don't know if you're if you remember B Jams. You're probably a bit younger than me. Um, but now you can just press a button and doo, 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 it's here. So, yeah. And yeah, I feel like, and that is one of the biggest things, you know, it's one of the biggest factors for the obesity epidemic, mm. this sedentary life now, yeah. um, where everyone, life has become so simple. Um, less people are getting out and moving about, like technology is driving us to be more um you know inside a lot more and not getting out into nature it's just it's becoming really really easy to become lazy and you know it can be quite a tough thing to break that sometimes yeah just depends on how much pain you're in um and how much you want it but yeah definitely there are a lot of factors in you know 2019 and beyond that are gonna really really force people to rethink how they live their lives um, like for me, for example, like I used to come home and from work and just play Assassin's Creed or <laughs> sit there and look on the YouTubes or whatever for for four hours or whatever. But now, like, make it my I have like I have because predominantly I work from home. I have to get out and go in into the sun or into the rain, whatever it is, like as much as possible. Because you know, if you're if you're starting the day at like nine a.m. and you're you're commuting to work, getting to work, sitting down for another eight hours, getting you know commuting back home sitting down again on your iPhone and, and watching Netflix. It's a very, very, very damaging um, cycle to, to break. So it's very, very important that people are more aware of it. And I think the, the problem with us humans at the minute is that we, we don't do anything until something's broken. So, but we'll, we'll go and fix our iPhone. I mean, if the iPhone's broken, we're like, oh my God, the iPhone's broke. But if we run up the stairs and we're like going, <gasps> oh, it's all right. I can sort out another day. <laughs> so yeah. why do you think people do that? Why do you think we take our health for granted so much? I'm quite lucky because I've never, you know, I've never felt like that. Um, you know, it, can, it could be environmental. So if you've got, if you're surrounded by very similar types of people to yourself, whether it's your friends or your family or, you know, housemates or, you know, whoever, um, you can get stuck in that same cycle. It's like smoking. Like how can people like in 2019 not know that it's absolutely horrendous for you, but people yeah. still do it anyway. Um, it comes a crutch, doesn't it? It becomes like this stress, this short term stress release for people 
to get them out of the problems. But in actual fact, it's a, it's a negative, it's a negative feedback loop because the, the habit that they're trying to do to reduce their stress is actually increasing their stress. Yeah. Um, but I guess, I guess because, and there's this famous saying, I, I might butcher it, but it's like, so like there's a, it's a, it's like a cartoon and there's a guy talking to his doctor yeah. and he says, so tell me, tell me straight doc. How long do I have left before I can stop? I, I have to stop ignoring you. <laughs> and yes. it's so true. Like, I think the thing about health is you don't, it's because it, it's not until it's too late that people change. That's the problem. Like, because I guess because people don't see it every day because they're used to themselves. They don't, they don't notice it. it it's usually over time when it becomes an issue that, people will start to then look at the change. I, I kind of find that people will um, ignore it. So it's like paying that bill almost. I'll leave it, I'll leave it, I'll leave it until before you know it, you know, you got to pay out a thousand, hundred, hundred thousand quid and you're like, oh, sugar. Um, but I think people notice it, but it's that thing of, I can fix it tomorrow. I can, I can leave it for a bit. Um, and then maybe people can go, oh, do you know what? I can go and do it on YouTube because there's a YouTube video that so-and-so celebrity's done and I can just copy that. Um, mm. So I think I think sometimes free information can also make it feel like you don't have to do anything about it. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's so much information out there that it's, you could uh, get lost in it forever. Um, very, very true. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, like you say, we, like we said earlier, we can go to Shelley down the road for advice. Um, you know, and I, I've had people come to me and go, well, Greg, I can do this for free. But six years later, they're still going, oh, Greg, I need to go and sort this out. And I'm like, I'm sure you said you were going to do that. You're going to do that thing you said you were going to do. Mm. So what is it about them maybe actually investing in their health that actually makes people do stuff? I would say it's um, a combination of things. I'd say, like accountability is so. I think it's such a, at least at the beginning stages of um, of a journey, is really really vital. Um, like if you don't have someone there to like check in on you and make sure that you're doing it, it's very very easy to to lay off and, and not bother. Yeah. Um, but the difference, I guess, is between like yourself and Google is that Google will tell you 15 million ways to lose weight. Mm-hmm. But good luck with trying to decipher 15 million diets, you know, because most, most people do it for two months and be like, well, that's boring. I'll try something else. I haven't learned anything. I haven't learned, haven't learned the, the nuances of, of how to actually sustainably diet or at least change their lifestyle so that they can get to the, the, the desired weight or metric that they want. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'd say for you as well, you've got the education. Like you'd, you'd be able to say and, and decipher like what's BS and what's the truth. Mm-hmm. I think having that critical thinking muscle is is really important. Like I think we've all, we all fall into that trap, don't we? Where it's like, oh, I've read this latest article. It says hit workouts are now more optimal for me than maybe going for like a walk. <laughs> um, and it's like, okay, so they've taken a study, looked at it, I haven't, you know, there's so many things wrong with it. Like, well, what if a person doesn't like, you know, running 
ridiculously amounts on a treadmill what if someone's got an injury what if someone's like really overweight or obese is it is that going to be beneficial for them or is you know some other different modalities of training going to be a lot more safer mm-hmm. um, and a lot more less taxing on the nervous system yep um, so with the internet everyone's got a soapbox now everyone's got a microphone and one bit of information can spread for thousands of thousands of people when it yeah. could actually just be, you know, wrong. Yeah. And I think you mentioned it earlier, like wrong for that person. So I think obviously the skill that I guess we have is listening to what the study says, but applying that to the person. And I think that's probably the biggest skill and probably the biggest skill you have of your clients is going, well, actually you're stressed out all day. You know, you're a manager in your you know, senior manager in a big company going home and doing a hit workout might not be the best. Maybe you should go for a walk. 100%. Walking's the best. <laughs> oh, walking's legendary. Absolute legend of a modality for exercise and health that people should do more of. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, like, this year, I've I said to myself, let's just go for a fat loss phase and just see, have a bit of fun. Mm. So it started in February, and it's now, you know, getting towards the, the latter end of summer. Yeah. Uh, I lost 13 kilos, but I haven't done that much cardio. Like people ask me all the time, like, oh, how much cardio have you been doing? I'm like, 40 minutes a week. I've been just going for walks and watching my food. I don't need to do all these crazy, like, things you see on Instagram with, like, burpees to squats to thrusts to shoulder press to (laughs) prowler pushes to, like, all this crazy, crazy stuff that just sells because it looks sexy. And I think that's the challenge, isn't it? It's... I mean, let's be honest, if we look at most good programs, there's going to be a press in there, a pull, rotation, a lunge, a squat, and a hip hinge. Yeah, just do those, literally. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, but everyone wants all these sexy moves, and I think I spend half my life being tagged into Instagram posts with someone flying through the air, and I'm like, yeah, and? Like, can you do that? (laughs) That's impressive, I was flying through the air. (laughs) Yeah, uh, some guy was doing battle ropes and he did Mm. this thing and he just jumped up in the air and it was all slow motion down. And yeah, it's great. But I think that's the problem, isn't it? There's information and there's entertainment. And I think people look at entertainment as information. Mm. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that with, you know, Daily Fail, Daily Mail, sorry. Um, (laughs) And Instagram is, I think Instagram is probably the worst for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of the Instagram generation and the stuff. I had, to, I had to severely restrict and remove myself from that, that world because okay. I guess from a body composition perspective, you're seeing the highlights all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So you're literally in perfection after perfection and it's just not realistic. If you look, walk around the local town, how many people actually look like that? Like all the time, like no. 0.01% of people. Yeah. It's really damaging as well. You get this like, you almost get like FOMO, don't you? Like this fear of missing out with, with like, oh, I should be looking like this. This is like the optimal. And it's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. Just be healthy. Enjoy, you know, enjoy, you know, get to something that you feel is sustainable and just enjoy it and, and reap the rewards of good health. Um, and, you know, if you, you can get stuck in hashtags, right? You can literally just scroll through them and, and see like workout after workout after workout after workout. Mm. But as we've already aforementioned, like 
just worry about the basics. Don't worry too much about all this fluffy stuff that, that gets thrown at you left, right and center. Mm-hmm. If you do that, then you can severely change like yourself and you can change the information that's going into your head, which has become so streamlined because you've removed so much stuff. I did that. That was the start of my journey. It was like, I need to follow 400 YouTubers to make yeah. sure that I'm getting all the information. I'm going to just follow one or two and really got some decent advice. Oh, I can't tell you how much that's changed for me. They've lost, especially the last six months or so. I just, I went for a shredding phase of get rid of everybody, unfollow, unfollow. Um, and when you boiled it down, most of it was actually the same. Yeah, but it's like FOMO again, isn't it? Like, what if they release this new like thing that's like the greatest thing ever? Mm. But you know, you know what to do. You know all the answers, but you're just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's almost you're stuck in that paralysis by analysis. But you're also stuck in like, I need to know. I need to know the information. I need to have all of the the knowledge to do it. But it's just yeah. like just go and do it. Yeah, and I think that's the value of um, of being a coach, right? I think you've probably had this as well. As well, we have this imposter syndrome where we're like, "Are we good enough coaches?" And then when you get someone the result and you look back at what they did, you're like, "Well, we didn't do anything crazy. We just got them consistent." I don't mm. know if that's something that comes into your head often. Like you feel like you're uh, not you're you're not the best coach because you haven't given them all these flashy stuff, but actually, what they really need is consistency. Yeah, I think I just remind myself pretty much all the time that my knowledge and what and what you know a, a potential new client needs and what what the women need of the world need is you know just someone there that has that knowledge that's a couple of steps ahead. I don't need to be like this scientist guy that's reading all the studies and and is trying to get geeky with you know post workout carbohydrate replenishment or something like that. It's like you just I, all I need to do is worry about the basics. So this is t- typically what I do with people the women that I coach is you know we, we look at the, the fundamentals first like what are the areas that most people are struggling with it's always the same areas food or nutrition training sleep stress simple as that yep. you fix you fix all those areas you pretty much fix 95% of someone's problems totally agree totally uh, agree yeah you, you got a high five from me even a hallelujah from me that's great yeah, from the screen. But I, yeah, because I have that sometimes with my clients. I'm like, it's, it's almost weird. You almost get bored of saying the same things. But like you said, it's 96% of the population have the same problems. Mm. And they just don't realize it. So, yeah. So. And that's the thing. When you, because you're saying the same thing over and over, because they're like looking at something new, it's like, oh, there's this new thing in the, the daily fails, you say. Like, it's telling me that actually water's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just to, just to go over that again, hydration is pretty good for you. Water is, you know, healthy. Um, don't go to, I would recommend, don't go to news outlets for your health information. Go to like a practitioner, someone that's pragmatic in the, in the area. Listen to them. Like, we, again, you touched on this before, like journalists have got these demanding deadlines. Um, and most people, when they read it, think it's gospel but they're literally just trying to, they, they'll go through like a, a research paper, but read like the first three lines or like the yeah. abstract and just decipher that X equals Y. Mm-hmm. There's so much more information that you need to go through. Uh, and there's a really good book. Um, 
I don't know if you've read it before, but uh, Ben Ben Goldacre, his name science. is Bad Science. Yeah. yeah, like I'd recommend everyone gets a copy of that and just that will really flex your critical thinking mind and change change the way that you perceive like information out there. Really, really highly recommend it. It's actually funny. It's it's something I'm thinking about. So one of my new programs that I'm bringing out is going to be. I'm actually thinking about giving my clients one of those books as part of the process, as part of their onboarding and like they've got to read you know a certain bit of it mm. just to see how that applies to real life because yeah i think you know there's a couple of websites on facebook called Brightside, and i get emails every day going greg what do you think of this i'm like yeah makes sense but how's it how's it worked for you silence so what's what's bright side um, it's like a Facebook page and they put out loads of health information. So you'll, but you'll see things like eat these foods to shrink your belly and that kind of stuff. And you're like, seriously, got it. But yeah. of course the, the people that we deal with are drawn to it. Like, I know, like moths to a flame. Hmm. Um, but by the same token, we're obviously putting out content, which is look, the basics but that's not interesting because it's not new. So it's not exciting enough, is it? And again, this is your entertainment versus information thing. Mm. Um, it, it's like trying to break through and, and get your message out there in the world of, of health and fitness in these days is really freaking tough. Yeah. Really freaking tough. It's hard to battle against like the, almost the bigger commercial clubs and and like the the pages that you've you sort of mentioned before hmm. it's like all you need to worry about as we mentioned nutrition training sleep stress like there's nothing about this fat burning stuff that's remotely true <laughs> well you think about it i mean there's a classic one i think the nhs i mean obviously i used to work in the nhs right um and obesity and diabetes is crippling the nhs but you're like well if if the nhs is in such big trouble They'd go to this bright side website and go and just take all the stuff off that and just implement it and be fixed. There you go. Done. But why aren't they? Exactly that. Oh, but it's a big secret. You know, this product is brand new to the UK. I'm like, oh, seriously. <laughs> yeah. You know, the bright The next Calavera cleanse. Oh. So what's your thoughts on the on the MLM? Uh, that's yeah, as that's something that's just, yeah, very dear to my heart. MLM, as in the the multi-layered thingy. Yeah, Herbal Life. Yeah, got it. Prove it. You know, app, clean, clean, uh, clean nine or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, again, it's pretty much the same problems. You're stuck in there for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, if you don't, again, educate yourself on what it is you're doing and the fundamental nutrition, you're just going to get roped into it and you're going to be spending all your money and time on something that you don't need, mm. literally. Um you know, I've had a few battles in the past about with Herbalife and my own stuff. And it's, uh, you know, it's such a conglomerate, aren't they? It's such a powerful thing. It's sometimes it's hard to break through because they have such strong positioning in the, in the world. Like they're this, like they've got all these endorsed celebrities that don't take their products. Yeah. They've got all these like, members that are pushing it and um, that pretend to be your friend when actual fact they're, they're just trying to get you money and just trying to get you signed up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my thoughts are that, you know, it's, it's very damaging. Um, foods, nutrition has just become so complicated. 
so so complicated yeah i i found recently that people are, i'm upsetting people recently because i just go yeah it's great it's calorie deficit but it's almost like they want me to to say that it's something more magical to help <laughs> them no seriously i've i've recently encountered a lot that if i just say something's just a calorie deficit people get really angry about it like no it's not a calorie deficit more oh yeah it is <laughs> You're, eat, you're eating less food, right? Yeah. 100%. That's really good. I like that response. Just say, yeah, it's calorie deficit. And what? Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> it is. It's so true. <laughs> um, yeah. True. So I think, so what do you think, what's probably the biggest challenge you think for, so if a client walks up to you now and is going to do the Strong Lean Academy, what's kind of the biggest challenge? I mean, obviously you said rewiring the brain. What would be the next biggest challenge that you found um, that people um, I think the biggest challenge is just explaining to them what sustainability is mm-hmm. and giving them the understanding that I can't, you can't lose X like, cause a lot of these online programs now are like, you can lose like 10 kilos in four weeks or whatever it is. Something stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'll just have to bring them back down to earth and explain to them like, you know, a really, really good metric is, or a good target even is like 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week. And that's a really, really good amount. And people are seeing all these like fantastical success stories, whether they're true or not is, you know, and another completely different topic, but you know, just explaining to them that I have to basically, if you're, if you're like really overweight or obese, like it, there's a lot of rewiring that needs to be done. So I can't, you can't have miracles overnight. We have to like start from the start and like build on one thing after another. Like, I can't just throw the entire kitchen sink at you and expect it all to stick it's not yeah and even if they're not massively overweight we're trying to undo 30 40 years of of what the stories they've been told stories and tell themselves stuff they've seen i think i read somewhere the average woman at 40 has tried to like 55 times to diet or something crazy like that that's mad which is mental um and obviously 95 percent of those people will go back to how they were yeah I think as well, something that I get a lot of feedback from, from my clients that's just like, Oh, it's just the way you teach. It's just so simple. There's mm. none of this really confusing stuff. It's like you eat less and you move more while that's important part of it. Obviously there's a lot of like, we've touched on, there's a lot of different parts of it, like the how to change behavior, lifestyle changes, how you perceive yourself taking habits and actually then keeping them for the rest of your life. But, not having to just overcomplicate things that a lot of these things do. Like you've got to now, you know, you can only eat from certain X palette. You've now got to remove a food group. You can only eat at this time or then, or it's just like, dude, dude, just it's like, it's just keep it simple. Honestly, that's, and that's one of my best bits of advice to people is just don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. I think with the advent of fasting, because all of a sudden I feel like keto is on the way out slowly, but surely. <laughs> realize, people realize they love carbs right let i mean look let's be honest the the well the clients i deal with are mainly white and irish i've got a lot of those clients i've got west indian and i've got indian all those people love their carbs they're not eskimos so keto's on the way out a little bit but all of a sudden fasting's back in so you've got people like jason fung who's a, a nephrologist a kidney specialist who's now a nutrition expert talking about fasting um and i'm like yeah if it fits you and it works for you 
Correct. But ultimately, it's just a calorie deficit. Yeah, and then you get like the buzzwords like autophagy and uh, cellular cleaning and all these different buzzwords. Um, and again, like I guess the latest on that is, you know, if you are fasting, let's say you fast from like 8 p.m. to, to 12 p.m. the next day, is your fat oxidation or your, you know, your ability to burn fat going to be increased in that period? Yes. But then when you're bringing the rest of your food in for the rest of the day, does your ability to burn fat at that stage increase? No, it comes back down. So it's just a balancing act. It's exactly the same. Yeah. And this is shown in the, in the literature time and again that comparing a fasting approach to a, a, just a standard dieting approach with calories are matched and I think proteins matched as well. It's exactly the same results. Yeah. Exactly yeah. the same. Um, but again, it's just sexy, isn't it? Like, oh, I'm going to be in, I'm in autophagy. This is yeah. uh, exciting. <laughs> oh, um, it's like, it just sounds really cool, doesn't it? It sounds like this amazing yeah. thing. We need to put some more sexy words in our stuff. Um, I did have one question, actually, for one of my clients, actually. How dare she? How dare she? Yeah, how dare she? No, I'm joking. We'll um, allow it. Well, hey, I know, I know you know your stuff, right? Um, so her question was, how do you deal with losing your mojo for training? Um, what, you know, what advice would you give? Yeah, so I would ask the person, um, how long have they been training for and have they been training hard for a while? What it could just be is they're just they're just over they're under recovered, so they might just need to back off for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to assume they do some sort of like three to four times per week. Yeah, like training plan. about three times a week. Yeah, three times a week. Yeah. So I would um, I would just look at I would ask the question: um, How are you sleeping? Are you know? Do you feel good throughout the day? Are you energized throughout the day? Do you look forward to your training? Obviously, you said no in this case. And I would take a few of those variables and say, if it's like, you know, I'm not looking forward to training, I feel really tired, I'm not sleeping very well, then I would back off the training for a week and just, you know, potentially drop a lot of the rep sets and the total volume and just either just do a bit more walking or just have a little bit of fun in the gym, just just lower the um, intensity, maybe just increase, just just improve your fatigue management. Mm -hmm. Because what seems to be happening is, you know, as you go through training, your fatigue's going up what you need to worry about is that the fatigue will just keep going up and your performance won't improve. Yeah. So by having like almost a, like a, what we call a deload week, yeah. you can just reduce your fatigue and you can go again the, the following week. Um, but if it's, um, I would ask myself as well, what my why is. Mm-hmm. So if they're, you know, just doing it because husband told them to, it's not really a strong enough. Why? Yeah. So your training is going to become boring, but if you go, keep going back to, your North star as to why you're doing it. You know, if the, if the client's wanting to drop two stone, then that should be the North star. The North star is I want to, you know, be able to play around my kids or play with my grandkids and, and live out the rest of my life whereby I'm not like having to worry about with a walking stick and, and feeling like a, you know, com- completely um, incapacitated that can't get about. That's a really strong why. It's a really, really strong desire to want to keep training. So I would go back to like what it is and why it is you're doing it. But then I would also look at just maybe the program. How long have you been running the program for? Has it been something you've run for like the last year? Mm-hmm. And if so, is there room to perhaps maybe mix things up a bit? Maybe trace, maybe do some periodization. So maybe do like four months of, you know, X program and then maybe four months of another different style and yeah. just keep things simple. 
you know, I'm, I'm going to assume that the client is probably like gen pop that just wants to, just wants to like stay fit and healthy and look good. Yeah. Like, so she doesn't have to worry about like daily undulating, daily undulating purization or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah maybe, or anything like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe like during the summer, maybe get out a bit more. Don't worry about so much about being in the gym and do some like circuits outside. Um, you know, maybe during the winter, do more bodybuilding style stuff and just mix it up as much as possible. Just find out what's what you enjoy. Always, always train to what you enjoy and then I would go from there. I'd, I'd actually um, argue that just a tiny bit. Just I think there are times where people where sometimes you have to do the stuff you don't want to do to get the result you want. So, yeah. 100%. I totally appreciate what you're saying. I think you're totally right that, yeah, if you've found the style of exercise and training you love, by all means do it. But I guess if, if you want to maybe pack on, I don't know, some pounds of muscle, then, yeah, you're going to have to go to a, maybe a slightly more bodybuilding style type of training. Um, 100%. Yeah, if, you're, you know, if you have a specific goal, then you need to go for that. There's no point in a bodybuilder doing, like, I don't know, um, loads of yoga. Yes. Yeah. It's not prove that it's not specific to their their goal yeah. and so yeah 100 percent um i would i would agree with that yeah yeah i think it's just sometimes i think with everybody gen pop wherever whatever the client is sometimes i think it needs to be a realization that well if you say you want this then there are going to be things you necessarily don't like to um to do to get there yeah, it's going to be because that's what we do right we we do a program no matter what it is, and then we, we skip all the bits we don't like. We're like, oh, I won't do that bit. I'll do that bit. <laughs> really? Just donkey kickbacks and um, pull-throughs and all the, all the glute stuff. <laughs> yeah, so just some nice glute activation that's going to give me buns of steel, that is. Mm. Yeah, totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, so is there anything else you wanted to kind of cover and – talk about i think how long we've got left we've been rapping for about 30 minutes right <laughs> just going no idea. um yeah i guess um I, you know i guess some of the the biggest uh, the last point you mentioned was really good like you know you almost have to do the things that maybe you don't want to do and i think that one of the biggest blocking factors for people is they they become complacent they don't they don't do the thing day in and day out that is going to serve them to their their end goal mm-hmm. and if if they just kind of accept that there's going to be some boring laborious mundane stuff in the journey then it becomes it becomes a really really enjoyable one it's quite ironic it's almost like a paradox yeah but you know success in whatever area is is boring <laughs> i know it's crazy right we wrap up fitness and health in all this fancy bows, but actually it's all about that time you spend in the trenches doing the shit you have to do that no one sees on Instagram. I think that's the, that's the big takeaway. I think for me is that, you know, when no one's looking, those are the things you have to be doing. Yeah. And it's the same for sports stars. You only see the highlights, don't you? Like Roger Federer or, um, you know, at least footballers and whatever. You don't. You only see them when they're playing. You don't necessarily see them training day in and out, and all of the sacrifices they're making, perhaps with their own family, friends, doing things that perhaps they, they want to do, eating the things that they want to eat, going out and partying all the time. A lot of that is they have to sacrifice it because the goal for them is is not important. I know we're we're talking about athletes now, 
but you know some of the same things probably still apply like are you going out four times a week for meals and family events and stuff you know is, are you not would it be more beneficial to maybe say no a lot more than than you are so that you can stay on track um, and that just becomes a really important part of the journey is understanding that sometimes you have to say no I think the myth of balance is a big one. Oh, I look pretty in the sun. Um, <laughs> the myth of balance is, is, a, is, yeah, this whole big myth that you can have everything. And I think there's a path that goes, well, you're going to be potentially unhealthy, unwell, ache a lot and be in pain and not feel comfortable when you close. Or there's a path that is, you're going to be fit, strong, healthy, enjoy life, you know, feel sexy, but you have to decide which road you're going to go down. You can't really walk down the middle. You know, you have to. If you if you go for mixed goals, you're going to get mixed results. Yeah, you're, you're gonna you're just going to pluck each area, and you're not going to actually strive in one particular field. Mm -hmm. you're, you're just going to flirt around in this like weird, meshy nowhere, <laughs> and you, you never you never actually make really strong progress in a particular area. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean like you have to be like on the ball diet wise all the time. Like, no. You could get to a range like for a weight or a dress size or whatever and yeah. go up and down in that with not dramatically, but just stay within a ballpark and then bring some of these things back in. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, look at, look at your life and make a decision. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. I think people are scared to almost make that decision in some cases. They're kind of scared to, just back themselves because I think we were talking about it recently with um, Rich Wellington about um, having to do the things that other people don't or won't do to get what you want. Um, and I think people need to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's but the I, unsexy that makes you sexy. Amen. I oh, love it. Love it. Love it. So where can, where can I find you on the socials and stuff? Yeah. Uh, so Instagram, I am Richard Angel official. Facebook, literally just Richard Angel. Uh, LinkedIn, Strong and Lean Academy. Mm -hmm. And website is www.strongandleanacademy.com with some blogs on there and other bits and bobs that can you know get you started on your journey. Uh, there's like a free seven-day plan on there and recipe guide just to kickstart. Like, because I know a lot of people struggle with the the actual like beginning of it. But if they get like a little really quick win, then that can then spur on really strong change in people. So yeah, head over there. Awesome. And then what's your one kind of saying to live by? Just to wrap up. Good question. Um, Not bad, is it? <laughs> very, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess for me it would be, I've kind of got two, actually. I've got two. And as I don't it, always... As it's you, you can have two. Thank you very much. And do you know what? I don't always listen to them, which is my own something I have to work on because I'm not perfect. Uh, but one is just like, just be easy. Life's fine. Like life isn't like, you're not doom and gloom. There's always like ways that you can um, get out of the slump you're in. Like it's not, you're not there forever. And the other one is just 1% every day. Yeah. So just, if you're just making a little small change all the time, every day, by the year's end, if you add those 1% up, it's going to be like 300% improvement. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm hoping that um, I can get you back on here at some point. Um, maybe we can have a free, love to. Maybe have a freeway with Rich. <laughs> could you imagine? 
You'd have, to, you'd have to ask him. I know he's a busy guy. Um, I'm sure he'd make time for us too. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, but yeah, we'd love to come back on and, and chat and see where the industry goes. Uh, you know, hopefully it goes in a really, really positive direction. But, yeah. you know, I know there's a lot of things I'd like to see improve with it. Um, but it just takes time and a, and a strong message. Cool. All right, maybe next time we'll do a more targeted discussion around something and yeah i think that'd be that'd be fun sounds good man sounds good well all right thank you for for coming on and um we'll catch up soon thank you very much yeah talk soon buddy talk soon cheers mate